This podcast is brought to you by Laterno University. Laterno University is the Christian polytechnic university in the nation where educators engage students to nurture Christian virtue, develop competency and ingenuity in their professional fields, integrate faith and work, and serve the local and global community. Laterno offers more than 140 undergraduate and graduate degree programs across a range of disciplines and delivery models at Laterno's residential campus in Longview, Texas, and in hybrid and fully online options at centers in the Dallas and Houston areas. Online at letu.edu. That's letu.edu. Hey there, it's producer Michael Miracle here. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast. We are your on-air resource as a workplace believer. And check out our website for tons more I Work For Him resources. We've got blogs and podcasts and reading material and all sorts of fun stuff there. Plus, a link to listen to the live show several times a day. Yep, head to the website. That's IWorkForHim.com. IWorkTheNumberForHim.com. And the listen tab's up there on the top left. Click that, then click the live link, and you can listen to us live every weekday. That's IWorkForHim.com. I work the number for him.com. And now let's go ahead and kick off what we all came here for, hearing more about connecting what we learn on Sunday with what we do in our 9 to 5. This is the I Work For Him podcast. Thanks for tuning in to I Work For Him this afternoon. We're so grateful that you're tuning in. And whether you're listening in our Jacksonville affiliates that, that hit so- southeastern Georgia and, and St. Augustine or all over Tampa Bay from Ocala to Fort Myers all the way over to Disney, However you tune in today, just know that we've prayed for you. That something that's said today would just cause you to dig deeper in your faith and understanding the true call on your life. But know this, we want to hear from you. We want to hear about the impact that I work for him is making on your life. If you would take time to call us on our listener line, 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK. Call us, let us know how iWorkroom is making an impact. Maybe you want to be connected to some different ministries you've heard about in the past. Or maybe you've got a testimony of a friend that you know that you think that your uh, that our listeners need to hear from. So whatever it may be, send us, just give us a phone call. 866-713-9675. That's right. So, um, you know, today I want to read a little excerpt, Jim, from the book that we're going to be highlighting. Okay. And it's really going to set the stage. So only one life will soon be passed. Only what's done for Christ will last. This is the basis for the book we will discuss today. You might feel your legacy efforts are tiny and insignificant as the two small cones, coins the widow dropped into the offering that one day when Jesus was at the temple with his disciples. The gift may have been small, but Jesus saw it and he praised her for it. The widow may have felt that these coins were not enough to give to God, but she gave them anyway. As she dropped them in the offering, their little clink echoes through eternity. Now that is legacy. We have only one life. You can make this one life bold and beautiful just as God created it to to be, because what's done for Christ will last. Jim, this excerpt is from the latest book by Hobby Lobby's Jackie Green and Lauren Green McAfee, titled Only One Life. And Lauren is joining us today, and we want to welcome her to the I Work For Him radio show. Lauren, welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to be with you guys again. 
Well, thank you. And, you know, I was so excited. Actually, this spring, when we interviewed your mom and dad in March, we were at the Museum of the Bible. She told me that you guys were working on this book, Only One Life. And I said right there and then, I'm like, okay, we're going to do a show about it. And um, thankfully, we were able to connect with you and be able to have this time together. I've been, t- I've read the book. I've gotten a chance to tell many people about it. And so today we get to share that with our listeners. So thanks for joining us. You know, one of the first things that we do on every show, Lauren, is ask our list, our, our guest to tell our listeners how you became a follower of Jesus. So can you share that with us today? Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, so for me, I grew up in a, in a home and in a family that very much was... Um, faith at kind of the forefront of everything we did. So I grew up in a home that was in church three times a week, and my parents read the Bible. I remember uh, coming downstairs every morning and seeing my dad sitting at his desk reading the Bible. And so, you know, some I've heard people say I have, you know, the boring testimony of coming to faith early in life, but, um, you know, I, that, that is my story, but I am so amazed that, um, that any of us have the opportunity to come to a relationship, um, with Jesus Christ and be forgiven of our sins, um, and to understand the good news of the gospel. And so, um, for me, it was, you know, I, I remember my parents talking often about Jesus and why we needed Jesus and um, that He died for our sins um, so that we could have a relationship with God. And, you know, I was about 12 years old when that really sunk in for the first time in a way that it hadn't before. And I just kind of in a moment at a church camp, um, that I was at for the summer, um, the message—I don't even remember the message—but I just remember mm-hmm. realizing, oh, I I have sin and I need Jesus. Um, and so, yeah, that was when I made a decision to personally um, have that relationship with Christ and ask forgiveness for my sins, um, and have you know continued that journey ever since. That's awesome. And so, you know, I much like you. Um, have often thought, well, I have kind of a boring testimony, but we can be thankful for that boring testimony. Yeah, you know, we did, right. you know, we don't have um, maybe some of those hard consequences that uh, some have had, but yet we all sin and need that saving grace. So, Jim, we've heard that as a repeating theme throughout this summer. People that have said, you know, it was a time at church camp That's that right. really solidified it. So, I just again want to just shout that out that people, um, a lot of times, a kid can be raised even in a Christian home and hurt it, but there's something about that environment where they're challenged differently at camp that can really solidify the faith for a kid. That's right. It's not too late. Get your kids out of the house, get them to a church camp <laughs> near you. That's right. This summer is still, so there's still important. lots of summer left. Yes, for sure. So we just want to remind our listeners that we are talking with Lauren Green McAfee, and she and her mom recently wrote a book called Only One Life, and that's what we're going to be talking about today. Lauren, we just want to catch people up a little bit, though. What have you seen God do in your life recently? (laughs) I love that. (laughs) (laughs) There are so many things that God does in our lives on a daily basis, but I you know, sometimes we don't take take the time to really sit and reflect on that. Um, but in just in recently, I've been in a season of um, kind of 
exploring a number of different adventures. And one of them was writing this book. Mm-hmm. And then another is I'm still in school. So I work full time for a company, but then kind of um, on on my own time or on the side, I've gotten to work on this book and, and, and pursuing another degree. And so um, I've seen God work in my own life recently by just giving me the strength to persevere in in these different things that I feel he's called me to um, and giving me the courage to pursue them. Because if you had asked me even a year and a half ago if I w- that I would be, have, you know, a year and a half later have a book that I had just gotten to release with my mom and had just finished the first year of this program for school that I'm in, I would have thought, yeah, that's kind of crazy. I don't know. <laughs> uh-huh. um, but God just has given me um, great support in my community, um, and just gives me daily courage. And and really, it's just the truth that I have in His Word that I remind have to remind myself. This morning, um, I woke up feeling discouraged about something and um, put on uh, worship music that is kind of just a lot of the psalms being sung, and just hearing the truth um, constantly put in put in my heart is what really helps to give me that courage and strength to um, continue pursuing these things that God has given me the opportunity um, to enjoy. Yes, so, well, I don't know what kind of degree are you getting. I mean, what, what are you going back for? I mean, you already had a degree. Yeah. So you're going like a master's <laughs> degree in something or a doctorate. What are you going for? It is, a, yeah, it's a doctoral degree. So I'm getting a PhD in ethics and public policy. Wow! So, so. we're going to see you run for president one day. <laughs> <laughs> wow! No, I yeah, I'm just really interested in in it, and I'm so excited to get to be in this program doing doing ethics and policy. And my husband is actually in the program with me, so we both just completed our first year in in the doctoral program and survived, and we're very excited about that. <laughs> so you and Michael are doing it together. Does that mean you get to do like joint projects then, or what? I wish that we could do joint papers and just turn in one paper and it would count for both of us. <laughs> but no, we so we are taking the same classes and reading the same uh, textbooks, but we yeah, have to write our own papers. <laughs> wow. Well, That's good pretty- for you, but I'll look for you on a ballot soon. You know, Jim, you know, Jim just, next Jim just goes up. all the way to the top. He's just well, like, you know, if you're going to do that, just go all the way, right? But, um, well, we are, that's exciting. You guys are both learners. I think that's one of the things that I've really um, seen in both of you in the in the work that you've done and um, the example that you've set. So it's pretty exciting to see that you're continuing that on. And we're grateful for people that do that because that's not really where we feel God's called us, right, Jim? <laughs> yes, Lauren, we're glad that you and my Michael are getting your doctorate degrees. We're very grateful for that. Oh, yeah. We're hoping one day we'll get a we'll get like a one of those ones that's like on a certificate that somebody gives you an honorary doctorate. Because I don't. <laughs> hey, that's that's yeah, that's the one to work for. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, keep working towards that. So, in the little bit of time we have left in this segment, do we have time for her to tell us what she's currently doing? No, work? we really don't. Okay. But we'll come back in just a second. We're talking with Lauren Green McAfee. I'm just here for the color today because I didn't get a chance to read the book. Lauren and her mom, Jackie Green, wrote the book, Only One Life. Yes. So, Lauren, one of the things that I would love to just catch up our listeners on what your work life looks like right now. You've worn several different hats um, in the last few years. What is it that you're currently um, doing in your work life? Yeah. So, I'm currently working at Hobby Lobby in the corporate office as a corporate ambassador, which means I'm working on some different communications for the company. So, that's the kind of 
role that I have right now. And then I, I mentioned earlier, I, on the side, have been working on writing projects as well as yes. pursuing the PhD. Not much downtime in your life right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's for no, sure. No, but it's all good things, all fun things. So tell us what the, um, oh, we do want to remind our listeners, Jim, that they can call in during the interview today and get a copy. Someone will win a copy of the book that we're going to be talking about in just a minute, which is Only One Life, written by Lauren and her mom, Jackie Green. And they can call 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK. So Lauren, share with us, what is a miracle of God that you have witnessed in your work recently? Yeah, I, I I like that you ask or you're asking that because I do I believe that God still does the miraculous, mm-hmm. uh, and I also am you know constantly amazed whenever I hear amazing stories of um, real miracles that people have experienced. Um, but I also am amazed that He still does the that for each of us He does the seemingly small things um, that are miracles like even even down to the smallest thing like the fact that I'm breathing today and that I'm mm. alive um, God is our creator and he has given us life and um, given us these bodies and just that is a miracle in and of itself but um, one of the one of the things that I have witnessed and work though recently with miracles is just uh, I work in a particular project where um, a number of leaders have been kind of pulled together to accomplish a really big goal. And this is is a situation where there could have been a lot of um, dissension and disagreement, but it's been amazing to see God's Holy Spirit just go before each individual in this setting. And um, in in our most recent meeting, just saw unity like I've not seen mm-hmm. in uh, in this type of environment before. And so it, it truly felt just miraculous to get to see the relationships and the unity and, and the humility of these leaders wanting to work together towards a greater good and a greater vision. Um, and, and that's just, you know, our God is so big and He works in so many different intricate ways. And to get to see that is really encouraging. Uh, and that's what Jesus said. Hey, you'll know you're my, they'll know you're my followers when they see you working in unison and and that's, and and it's sad that we have to say it's a miracle when we see that happening, but it is not so commonplace, but we are praying that that becomes more and more commonplace within the body of Christ each and every day. So excited that you shared that today. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So, and, you know, even for people to hear that that happens within organizations where, you know, we all just assume it's all perfect and it just works, you know, (laughs) as a well-oiled machine, but yet we are all human and we do need to submit to um, God's plan on everything. So, Lauren, you, um, like we mentioned earlier, you have recently written this book with your mom, Only One Life. And I want to talk about the little, the tagline below it is how a woman's everyday shapes an eternal legacy. But before we talk about the meat of the book, tell us what it was like to work on this project with your mom. <laughs> you know, it was fun because, um, so my mom and I, obviously, we, she's my mom, so we have known each other well, my whole life, but we've <laughs> never worked together on a project, like a work project like mm-hmm. this. And so we were getting to kind of see how each other works. And, and a lot of the content is stories about our own lives intertwined in kind of throughout the message of this book. And so it's fun for me to get to learn different things about my mom 
that I didn't know or didn't remember because um, a lot of the experience, some of the experience that she was talking about happened in her 20s or 30s. And I would have been, well, I wasn't born until her mid-30s. And then mm-hmm. I didn't, you know, don't remember those early years. So it was really neat to get to see the perspective of my mom when she was my age and get to learn, but also just, you know, learning to respect each other in the different ways that we worked because we have very different working styles. So we got to <laughs> figure out how to, uh, you know, respect each other and work together and in, in on this project. Oh, that's really neat. So how did the idea come up for you to do this book? Yeah. So my mom and I had been traveling around um, doing different donor fundraiser events for Museum of the Bible. Um, and in that, we got to talk about um, kind of the Museum of the Bible project. But while we were on the road doing that, we were meeting amazing people, different people that were coming alongside with this project with the Museum of the Bible. Um, and we met so many women who had these just incredible stories and were shaping a legacy. And they weren't putting those exact words around what they were doing, but they were just sharing what God was doing in their communities. And so that just gave us the idea to highlight what women have done and are doing to shape legacy, because um, we were being so encouraged and inspired ourselves, and we wanted to share that with uh, a broader audience. So that's mm. kind of where we got the idea for the book. That's neat. So we are talking again with Lauren Green McAfee, and she and her mom, Jackie Green, wrote this book, Only One Life, and we are going to get into the meat of it, because I'm just so excited the way you guys set up this book, and really talking about legacy, but talking about the legacy with biblical women, historical women, modern day women, yourselves, your own stories, and how um, we all have an opportunity to be really intentional about the legacy that we leave. So, um, if you, Lauren, tell me how you guys decided wh- who you would write about in your book. Oh, that was, it was hard. <laughs> there were so <laughs> many, so many um, just incredible women that we could have written about. So it's kind of hard to narrow it down. We um, had 16 chapters at one point when we were working through early drafts and realized we had to cut that down to 12. And so it was hard to get rid of some of the uh, women and the chapters we wanted to talk about. But we... Mm-hmm. We had the opportunity to um, work with a researcher that kind of helped us with some of the women we hadn't heard of. So we brought to the table some of the women we wanted to highlight particularly and then worked with a group, a team that helped uh, introduce us to some of the new women that we researched. So, um, yeah, it was it was so amazing to realize that there are so many stories and a lot of these stories of, of women and their legacy are names we wouldn't recognize or we wouldn't know their story, um, that they, they were just living faithful lives and serving the kingdom regardless of who was giving them recognition. And so we were really, really excited and honored to get to highlight the women that we did end up landing on. So there's 36 women in the book that we highlight, uh, three in each chapter. That's wonderful. So how, what did, when you culminated all this, or even maybe when you started it, what do you believe that legacy really means? I think that that is a really important question for everyone to consider is what does legacy mean? I think it's often easy to associate that with maybe great wealth or leaving material or monetary um, things for next generations. But that's not the way we look at legacy in this book. We look at legacy as um, what it is that is going to outlive our lives. 
So whenever we're gone from this earth, what is it that people will remember? What will live on in the people we've invested in? Um, and so we highlight really investing in the two things that we know to be eternal. So we know God's Word is eternal, and we also know the um, human soul is eternal. And so we want to be about investing in those things in whatever that looks like in our lives. And so for each of us, it's going to look different, um, but we mm-hmm. each have the opportunity to invest in those eternal things in order to shape our own legacy. So it's outliving our own lives by the way that we choose to live our lives today. And that's something we can each shape. We each get to shape a legacy. Well, and you just come from an incredible family where legacy is lived out every day, but it gets it lived out in front of, you know, hundreds of thousands of people. I mean, your grandfather, I mean, that's what he talks about in front of groups of people all across the country. Legacy, you know, not not the the accumulation of great wealth, but legacy and leaving an impact. And, And I know your mom and your dad, as they have pursued the Museum of the Bible, again, that's legacy. It will outlive them and you and your children. I mean, it's it's got to be fun to have that kind of perspective because as a youngster, you were taught to see legacy as as a gift from God, weren't you? Yeah, exactly. And, and you know, you just mentioned some of the massive legacies like Hobby Lobby and the, the company and generosity and some of my parents founding Museum of the Bible. But, you know, even in my own family, we actually point to uh, Marie Green, my great-grandmother, as the legacy hero of her family. And she's someone, so was my grandfather's mother, and she was someone that the world wouldn't have ever recognized. She never wrote a book. She never stood on a stage. Um, she was married to a pastor and raised six children. Five of them went into full-time vocational ministry, and then my grandfather went into business. Um, but her legacy is living on today through the, the faith and the values that she invested in her children. So she instilled hard work ethic, um, integrity, uh, generosity. Those are things that you see all throughout Hobby Lobby and the company's mm-hmm. values, and that's because of her. So we really love highlighting her, who the world wouldn't say was anything significant, but her legacy is significant and impacting the yes. world today. If you're just tuning in now, I've got to encourage you to go back and listen to the archive or listen to the podcast. You hear the whole story from Lauren McAfee as she shares her story of the reason behind writing the book with her mom, Jackie Green. And Martha, I'll turn it back over to you. Make sure people know that they can call and get a copy of the book today. Yeah, so um, thanks to the publisher, which is Zondervan, they have um, agreed to send out a couple copies of the book to people that want to call in and win it. So our number is 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK for work. So we encourage people to call in and they can get that copy and um, we'll connect with them to get the details. So WORK is for work? Yeah, it spells work. That's good. I don't know why I had to spell it out. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Just it's, in case any of you are wondering, W-O-R-K spells spell work. work. Okay. So, Lauren, let's talk more um, in detail about this book, um, Only One Life. Tell our listeners a little bit about um, the that you have different themes of legacy, that it's not just legacy in general. And then let's dive into a couple of the, the individual themes that you maybe want to highlight. What kinds of legacies did you guys talk about? Yeah, so um, with the, the outline of the book, my mom and I uh, ended up writing 12 chapters, and in each chapter, we highlight a woman from the Bible 
a woman from history and then a modern-day woman who are living out a particular character trait of legacy. And so mm-hmm. um, each chapter covers a different trait, and we cover things like the legacy of courage, generosity, witness, wisdom, teaching, um, boldness, tenacity, and a number of others. And um, it was it was really neat to get to highlight these different areas of legacy because they each have a unique role in um, the way that we can invest in others and invest in shaping um, a legacy through kingdom work. So the some of the um, women that we highlighted from the Bible um, were even even some of the women that are in the um, history sections would be women that we're not as familiar with. So some of the Bible stories will be familiar, like Esther and Ruth, kind of those names that we are familiar with, but then others are women that maybe didn't even have an actual name in the Bible. Mm-hmm. So um, the woman, a woman at the well who didn't have necessarily, wasn't named, so we kind of gave her a fictional name to kind of get to know yes. her more. Um, and there's a story about a Syrophoenician woman who, again, was in the Bible but didn't have a name, and so we gave her a fictional name. So we tried to kind of bring these stories to life um, in ways that highlighted the legacy that they shaped and really draw people into the stories so that they get to feel like they're right there next to this woman as she's going about her daily life. You know, I think one of the reasons why this book resonated with me so much is that's very similar to what we do on our radio show every day. We have interviewed people who everybody knows their name, and then we've interviewed people who um, behind the scenes are making a huge impact in their workplace, and we like to highlight those stories just as well. So I I resonate with that fact that because, you know, God works in each of us, and so many times we sit back and we go, well, I'm not going to make much of a difference, you know, in my life. But we look at, when you read some of the stories that you've high, you guys have highlighted and brought out. I I got I get, I got that same message that hmm. I never knew that woman's name before, and I never knew what impact she had. But uh, now I've I've seen that. So let's dig into that a little bit. What which um, which legacy uh, characteristic would you like to focus on? Do you have well, a favorite? I do. Well, so it's so hard because I love all of I know. It, but, I, <laughs> but I do think my favorite is the legacy of faith. And, and in that chapter, we highlight Mary, the mother of Jesus, who, again, is, you know, that's someone that a lot of people will remember her story. Um, but we talk about the faith that she had, that when the yeah. angel Gabriel visited her and was telling her that she would be the mother of Jesus, she, she asked one question, which was, you know, how is this? possible or how this is going to be possible and then from there she trusted she had faith she she took the angel at his word of what god could do um and that's just an incredible example of faith it gives great um i think encouragement to me that she didn't have everything all figured out she was very young and and still god was able to give her the faith to trust and and actually the second woman that um, is in this chapter, the history, woman from history is one of my favorites, which is Elizabeth Ann Everest. Um, and she's my favorite because she, again, is, um, like I've mentioned with some of the earlier ones, is a little lesser known, but mm-hmm. she is the nanny that raised Winston Churchill. And she was single and never married herself. And, and she never had children of her own either. And she raised Winston Churchill by being his nanny and investing in, in him when his parents were very distant and very harsh. 
Um, and it's really her legacy that he points to as a lot of what shaped him and gave him the conviction that he had, the faith legacy that he had. And whenever Winston Churchill um, was older in life, he had two things on his nightstand, and that was a picture of Elizabeth Ann Everest, the woman that raised him, and, and his Bible. And so mm-hmm. I, I think that that's just a really neat example of a legacy that she left by investing um, very faithfully into Winston. And then we know Winston Churchill went on to shape the world as we know it today. Mm-hmm. You know, and that was so true because she took her occupation very seriously as far as the and seeing that she, you know, loved on him and influenced him in a way we had no idea how that would transform. And then you end that chapter by talking about your own faith. You and your mom. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. My mom and I um, talk about our faith journey over the past um, eight years, working towards this new team of the Bible project that just opened in Washington, D.C. in uh, November of 2017. So this was something that uh, our family never saw coming. And so it was kind of a walking day by day, uh, living in the calling that we thought God was placing before us. And eventually, you know, that led to this museum. Um, that's, it's the third largest museum in Washington, D.C., and it's all it's all about the Bible. So we talked about the history of the Bible, the narrative of the Bible, and the um, impact of the Bible. And so my mom and I both got to be part of that journey in different ways, and it was very much a faith journey of just, you know, trusting Him when we didn't feel equipped. And we didn't feel like we um, were the right people for the job, but God, um, of course, gives us just what we need to make it through the days. You know, I just want to attest to that when you said, you know, not feeling like you were necessarily the ones equipped for that job. And your mom does a great job of sharing about how, you know, you she had a very purposefully decide as a family, you all had to that, okay, this is going to pull me away from home, but this is the season that we're in and we, we want to be obedient in that. And I remember Lauren, the first time that we met you in Tampa, um, that was one of the very first times you had ever spoken yeah. in public yeah. and, you know, with that <laughs> platform and you, it, with, that was shared at the end. We did not know that. And we would have never guessed that in listening oh. to you speak, but um, how God has used you and, and cultivated that in you because you were faithful and willing to just be obedient. So that's a great example for everybody listening to say, you know, I often tell Jim, I'm doing things way out of my comfort zone. <laughs> and, um, but you know, if you just, Walk in obedience, you go, okay, Lord, I will do this today and see if it's any better than it was yesterday. Yes. So, so thank you for that example. Hey, we're talking to Lauren Green McAfee. She's written this book with her mom, Jackie Green, Only One Life. And we want to make sure you get a copy of this book called The Listener Line, 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK. Lauren, I got a question for you. I'm kind of hanging in the background today. I love that. This it's is kind driving of you crazy. No, it's not. It's yes, not driving it me crazy. I'm doing just fine. I've been, I've been drinking a Coke and having a candy bar. No, I'm not. Just kidding. Because I don't drink Coke. I drink Mountain Dew. Uh, so here's my question. As as women read this book, you know, there's there's so much encouragement in the words that you and your mom have written. How do you see this impacting the lives of women who every day trudge off to work? Mm-hmm. I hope that this book is an encouragement to to women in their day to day to to see the importance of the mundaneness of of the daily things that come at us, whether it's work, whether it's raising kids. Um, God has a purpose 
for each of our lives, and we have the opportunity to be a part of his work, um, his redemptive work. And sometimes I think it's easy for us to just, you know, be at, at work and not really see the value in it or just trying to keep the kids alive and not seeing necessarily the, the value in the day-to-day. But God is using and can use each of those moments to shape who we are, and that's also an opportunity for us to be intentional with those moments to say, how am I going about my daily activities and my day-to-day to make a difference for eternity? So how am I investing in knowing God's Word better and, and sharing that with others and, and pouring truth into others, and how am I impacting others' lives? So whether that's, you know, discipling someone or investing in your kids or in your marriage or in your coworkers, um, encouraging them, we each have the opportunity um, to invest in the people that we come into contact with every day. And so that, that's all a part of shaping a legacy. And so that's an open invitation to each and every one of us. Mm. Thank you. So I I have another chapter I want to talk about. Um, And the reason I want to go with this one is it's the legacy of tenacity. And we just have a couple minutes left in this segment. But because I think a lot of people think that a woman that leaves a legacy is soft and gentle. And, um, you know, sometimes it's hard work. And sometimes, uh, so I don't know, I was thinking either boldness or tenacity, you can take your pick. Um, But let's talk about that because a lot of women, we don't see the legacy we maybe can leave if we are in a rougher spot. Yeah. The, you know, the boldness and tenacity chapters were actually two of my favorites along with the <laughs> So I love you brought those up. Um, but yeah, you're exactly right. I think that sometimes, um, particularly in, depending on what cultures we've been raised in um, and the faith um, aspect can make us think that we just need to be you know, quiet and timid, but God has given so many women great tenacity. I mean, the, I mean, women that I know are some of the strongest people out there um, and are pursuing their faith with great tenacity and, and have, mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I think the best way to describe it is just grit. You know, they're just able to um, put their trust in the Lord and continue forward despite immensely difficult circumstances. So one of the women we highlight is my friend, Lawrence Greggs Kennedy, and today is actually her birthday. Um, oh, happy she, birthday. Yeah, she <laughs> was in an accident um, with a, a plane, an airplane where she got yeah. hit and lost, lost her left arm, as well as had a brain um, injury and lost her left eye. And she had a really difficult journey coming back and recovering from that, but she now uses that to, she has a foundation now and she helps other women who have experienced similar um, difficulties. And so to have the tenacity to pursue during the days when I'm sure it was incredibly difficult and she just felt mm-hmm. like giving up um, shows great tenacity and a faith that was really the rock that she was her foundation. Her book that she wrote with her mom, Jackie Green, is Only One Life. That's right, Jim. So one of the things that, um, you know, the, the subtitle of the book is How a Woman's Everyday Shapes an Eternal Legacy. So Lauren, why don't you, um, for any listeners that may have just joined us or may have missed this part of the conversation, just share again what it is that you're hoping that women get. Um, and actually, men can read this too. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff that you wouldn't have known without reading this book. But um, what are you hoping that the reader will take away when they read this book? 
Yeah, and I love that you just pointed out that men can read this book, too, because I think they should. Um, I ran into um, a number of men on the book tour when we were launching that mentioned they were going to read it, and they said they wanted to read it with their daughters, which I thought was really, uh, really special. So I would encourage men to read this book with your daughters and just talk about um, some of these different women and what that means for their family of of shaping a family legacy. But um, for for the book, the kind of hope of what I... um, pray people walk away with from this uh, book and how we highlight all these women who have shaped legacy is that legacy is not only meant for the elite few who have great power or influence, but that legacy is crafted by our faithful everyday choices. And that we hope that as we walk through these stories, people will relate to them in a way that they can say, you know, I I can shape a legacy. You know, God used this woman in, in the midst of these circumstances you know, maybe I can apply that and I can use my life to shape a legacy as well. Because legacy is outliving our lives and investing in the eternal things. And so we can each do that in our day-to-day lives. So um, that's what that's what we hope people gain from this book. Mm. Well, that's fabulous. Well, thank you for taking the time to write it and getting that experience with your mom, which I'm sure will be priceless and a legacy for you. Because you said you got to sit down and actually dive out of your mom things that you didn't necessarily remember or things that had impacted her in life that you got to hear from her heart firsthand. Jim? Okay. We never get, because I know that you, a lot of the interviews you do, Lauren, are only like half hour interviews. And because this one's a whole hour, how about just one piece of, uh, of, uh, like news. So when you and your mom are doing this, did you guys ever argue about about, <laughs> about anything when you're putting the book together? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So my mom and I, um, we we have very we are we're a bit opposite in personalities. So that had some great strengths because she had strengths in areas when it came to working on this project that I had weaknesses and vice versa. But um, it definitely brought up opportunity for um, lively discussion where we had differences of opinions. And yeah, that I mean, that was part of the, the great process was just learning to work through those issues and you know, in the end, better understand each other because of that. But working in this type of environment where, you know, we, we've we not worked on a work-type project together before, so this was a new, new experience. So it was, it was well, really good. What was the funniest moment as you're writing this book with your mom? I mean, because this is, I mean, you have a lot of time invested in writing a book and editing a book and going back. There was a lot of research involved. Did you have any one of those funny moments where you just started laughing and you, you I mean, tall, I mean, was there one of those? <laughs> well, some of the funny moments where we just start laughing were some of the stories that we were bringing up. And a lot of them just kind of, we were reminiscing on different experiences we've had with our, my mom's mother and, you know, my grandparents and just some of the great memories we've had. So it was fun in a lot of ways because it was a lot of reminiscing about, you know, our legacy and what has shaped us and what we remember being important key moments. But some of them were a lot of just funny, hilarious moments that we got to recall, and that was a lot of fun. Well, do share one of those moments. <laughs> He's putting you on well, the spot. <laughs> so uh, so my mom and my grandmother, as well as my aunts and great aunts, they do a quilting retreat a couple times a year. So my on my mom's side, they're all really into sewing quilts. And so there was one one time when they had the um, one of those selfie like the camera on selfie mode and they have all those different filters. And my great grandmother, who I call granny would just got 
to be so tickled. She thought those filters were hilarious. And so she got so tickled that we all started laughing. And then it was just like multiple uh, minutes of just constant laughing and Oh. Just, you know, sweet memories like that that we just remember. Um, they were a part of shaping who we are today. Yep. Um, just the joy and the fun and the, the legacy of enjoying each other and encouraging one another in my, my mom's side of the family. So I just want to encourage our listeners, if they want to get a copy of this book we've been talking about today, Only One Life by Jackie Green and Lauren Green McAfee, call into our listener line at 866-713-9675, 866-713-WORK, and you can uh, leave your information for me. Lauren, if people want to stay connected with you, they want to learn more about what's going on, and I know you have a blog that you're doing, how can people get connected to that? Yeah, so people can definitely follow me. Um, my blog is laurenamcafee.com. And on that, it'll also have links to all of my different social media so they can keep up with us. Um, but yeah, I love to hear from people what they're learning. The hashtag is only one life book. If people want to make comments about the book, and I'll definitely I'll get to see those and respond. So if you want to send me questions, they can definitely do that. Only one life book is the hashtag. Okay, I'm writing That's that right. down. So, and it's awesome. Lauren A M C A F E E. Just one F. It's not like the antivirus software. <laughs> it's spelled differently. Just want to make sure everybody knows. All right. So you're you're working on your doctorate degree. You've written this great book with your mom. You're doing a book tour. You're out there speaking. Talk to me about. I just want to hear for our listeners. You've experienced a lot of stuff. You've experienced stuff as a young lady that many people, I mean, you've had exposure to things that most people in a lifetime would never get exposure. Talk to those young ladies out there, those millennial ladies out there that are thinking, how can I possibly make a difference? Speak into their lives, Lauren. I think that something that's been so important to learn through all of this is that our joy and fulfillment will never come through the experiences or the accomplishments that we have in this world. It'll only come through Christ. So while I am incredibly blessed and so grateful for the opportunity to write a book, to pursue another degree, um, I, I realize those aren't the things that bring me joy, um, that it is only Christ. And so I see a lot of millennials, and myself included in this, that it's easy to see um, scrolling through Instagram feeds, all these amazing adventures people are going to do and travel and the things that they have in their lives and things can seem um, really picture perfect <laughs> on looking at someone else's highlight reel of their social media feed, but comparing and always wanting to have the next thing will never bring us joy. And so I think that that's a really important lesson that I constantly have to remind myself um, and that I think is important for millennial women to to really take a hold of and remember that Christ is the only true joy and fulfillment that we'll ever find in this world. Mm, those are very good words. I hope people hear that and um, and get connected with you and read your blogs because I think you do a great job of sharing your heart and, um, you know, letting other people get exposed to that. So one of the things you said early on in our interview, you referred to the fact that um, there's two things in us, you know, the God's word and the human soul. And I think I just want to attest to the fact that that is really a theme of your family is the preservation of God's word through the Museum of the Bible now. But that that isn't new in your family. The mm -hmm. God's word has been um, a a big part 
in his a big presence in your family's life. And um, I appreciate the fact, and maybe we can speak about that a little bit more here in these last couple of minutes, just how you um, saw the women that God gave us as examples in the scripture and getting people back to reading the scriptures for themselves to learn more about um, what he has for us. Speak to speak to us about um, the the importance of reading the scripture. Yeah, I am so blessed to have had examples in my life with my parents and grandparents reading the Bible themselves, and that's what encouraged me to to value the Bible and want to read it, and that's been um, the most important thing in my life is the truth that I gained from Scripture. And I think that that's why, you know, I've loved being involved with Museum of the Bible, is it's getting to promote the most important book in the world. Um, mm-hmm. And, and for, for a lot of millennials, millennials are the least engaged uh, generation when it comes to uh, being in the Bible and understanding the Bible. Um, and actually, uh, millennials are not only unengaged, but they actually have more of a hostile view towards the Bible than any other generation in American history. So for as a millennial, um, that's just been a, a burden for me to want to encourage others in my own generation, as well as, you know, younger generation, the next generation, mm-hmm. Gen Z, to be engaging in the Bible, because it is the most important book. It's still the most read book of all time. Um, it has changed our world. It's shaping our culture even today as we speak. So this should be a book that we engage in, and it has life-giving truths in it. And I truly believe that reading your book will get people to turn to the Bible to read the rest of the story about these women. Lauren, thank you so much. That's right. Lauren, thank you so much for being an iWork for him today, for sharing the book that you and your, your mom, Jackie, wrote together. Only One Life. Make sure you check it out online, laurenamcafee.com. Lauren, thank you for being an iWork for him today with Martha and I. Thanks for having me. That's so great. Make sure you check her out online, laurenamcafee.com. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. Our workplace, it's our mission field, but ultimately, I I work work for him. him.